You're listening to The Novice Experience, a podcast that explores the opportunities and challenges commonly encountered by students and young people. I'm Calvin Chan, and chatting with my guests, I'm going to take a deep dive into their meaningful stories, the lessons they've learned, and how they can inspire others. Let's get going. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Novice Experience. Today, my guests are Joanne Lee and Priscilla Kong. I met them when we were in high school together, and they started a nonprofit uh, youth-led registered charity called Ignite the Warmth. And today, they're going to share their experiences on starting that nonprofit and following their passions and participating in volunteerism. Hi, Priscilla and Joanne. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, uh, Joanne. You're you're finishing up your Bachelor of Arts in English Literature and International Relations at the University of British Columbia. And Priscilla, I know you're working towards your master's degree in public health. Uh, you know, super, super important stuff, um, especially during, you know, COVID era. And uh, I'm so happy both of yes. you are here. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you for having um, us. Colin. Someone's done their LinkedIn homework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do some, uh, do some studying. Uh, in pre- preparation for the recording um, but you know for our listeners ignite the warmth again is a youth-led registered charity and it's dedicated to combating stigma and prejudice surrounding those that are homeless or living in poverty in the Vancouver lower mainland and the organization is actually focused on providing opportunities and educational programs about these social issues uh, among students and volunteers in the community so it's a very uh, it's very grassroots uh, youth-led organization, right? That's right. <laughs> Again, I've done your homework. I know in 2013, uh, you started the organization. And since that year, you've organized six consecutive annual blanket drives and fundraiser events. Um, would you like to tell our listeners uh, what the blanket drives were about um, You know, for the six years? Yeah, so the blanket drives started, yeah, way back when we were probably grade 11 students. Um, and it really started um, as an idea and really a conversation between Priscilla and I, um, thinking about what giving back means and what giving back looks like and what giving back to community looks like. And so we started with the blanket drive because I think it was the most low barrier and most you know, accessible way for us to really um, get our hands dirty or to really become an effort that was more boots on the ground. and. I think from there, um, it really became our hallmark event, um, mm-hmm. not only emphasizing you know, blankets as um, that, that resource, but really emphasizing a community-based approach and looking at how we can provide firsthand experiences to volunteering and engaging with the downtown Eastside community. Um, and from there, we've really used that, I guess, conversation as the motivator or as the principles behind a lot of our programming and a lot of our events is how can we um, not only provide experiences for youth to get involved but for that to be um, also a learning experience or for something Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist in isolation um, in that hour or in that day but how can that be an ongoing dialogue with you know themselves and but also with the groups that they might be interacting with in the future yeah i mean i i was really Happy to have volunteered um, in one of the blanket drives before. And one thing that I really appreciated was uh, the in-person workshops, you know, in the morning of, before we even set out around town, um, was to have that conversation and that, and that learning experience about, um, you know, the issues at hand and, you know, how we build those connections with 
with the people we're helping. So I think um, it was a really good learning opportunity. And obviously once we, um, you know, set foot in town, we were distributing these care kits of not only blankets, but, you know, clothing and hygiene products and, uh, you know, the handmade personalized cards. I think it's a really good um, thing to have, you know, the personal touch, right? And um, it was just a really eye-opening and immersive experience. Um, so Priscilla, can you, could you take us through how you and Joanne started Ignite the Warmth? You know, you were, you were in high school, obviously young students, um, and you had this passion of volunteerism and helping people in need in the uh, downtown east side. Um, what were some of the obstacles? What did you have to get through? What, what were the, some of the people that you had to speak to um, to get this going? Yeah, no, that's a great, great question. Um, I think it was definitely as two high school students. Um, one of the main things was just navigating how to even start and develop something like an event or, or passion project like Ignite the Warmth. Um, it was helpful that we had the support of student councils across Richmond um, during the time that we can mobilize um, both students and the agendas of these clubs to assist us with developing blanket drives. So we were able to, maybe for our first couple of years in high school, we were able to kind of loop in the blanket drive with a lot of the student council's um, canned food drive. So a lot of the schools would link it into maybe like one of the best prizes if they provided a blanket, um, then they would be able to donate it to Ignite the Warmth or our passion project. And we would be the ones then to provide it either uh, personally handed out into the downtown east side or we provided it to Union um, Mission Gospel or mm -hmm. Union Gospel Mission, UGM, <laughs> uh, who was the one that was able to provide the tangible goods to individuals who were staying at their shelter. But it was quite difficult, of course, um, being able to understand all of the nuances that came alongside with talking to individuals, organizing it, and even uh, developing and building relationships with the other organizations within the downtown east side. Um, I think that was kind of the, for me personally, was a very enriching experience, especially as a young youth, being able to go out, go to, go out into the, or, um, into the, into the world and kind of advocating for why we think this is an important cause and being able to open up these conversations and dialogues with many other individuals too. Um, do you recall why the issues of poverty and homelessness impacted you so much and motivated you to start the organization? Uh, why this issue? Yeah, so this is more of like a personal anecdote and kind of a personal uh, motivation as to why I was very passionate or I am still very passionate about homelessness and poverty. So it stemmed from um, when I was a little kid. My mom, who actually grew up in an orphanage in Portugal, when she immigrated to Canada, she herself faced a lot of homelessness and poverty when growing up. So when we were young, me and my sister, she instilled a lot of the values of giving back and kindness. Um, and every Christmas, I believe, when we were younger, we would go to the downtown east side and we'd kind of prepare these care packages, which include canned food, dry, or canned food um, a lot of tangible goods that would provide individuals with support overnight. And we would just hand it out. And I just remember that very vividly, that that was a very um, important thing for us to do and empathize with and be able to understand that despite different circumstances, um, we can, we all connect in a human level 
and that even if this individual is homeless or um, they look different than us or um, in a way it just allows us to connect all at a human level and I feel like that really motivated me in high school so I want to do something make change. Mm-hmm. And what about you Joanne? Why do you think volunteerism and advocacy is so important to you personally? Yeah well I think echoing a lot of previous statements of you know having a lot of those values and principles instilled at a young age I think yeah from childhood really having those senses of equity and justice really powering a lot of the questions I had around um, powering a lot of the questions I had around the world around me and looking at how you know so often panhandlers or um, people without a home are so often dehumanized I think Mm -hmm. there is maybe not a crystallizing moment but definitely instances where um, this internal kind of dissonance happened when it was almost so e- it's so much easier to look away than to confront right and I think over time as you know a younger person um, really that that feeling that dissonance just grew over time so instead of repressing it um, really looking at how we can use discomfort as a way for us to challenge our internal biases to challenge the why behind what we do, um, mm-hmm. and as a force to question our, you know, positions of privilege. And I think from there and from, again, talking to Priscilla as a high school student, it's like, hey, we have all these thoughts and questions. What can we do with it? What can we do as two students who, you know, might not think like we have a lot of autonomy or sway, but actually we do. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the values of why you know, we started this organization and why we really chose the name Ignite the Warmth was not only the association of blankets being something that brings warmth, um, but igniting a sense of, um, I guess, responsibility to community or igniting a sense of accountability or engagement, um, igniting a lot of those questions and thoughts around how we can engage better or give back or think about our positions of privilege. So I'm really glad that we chose that for Priscilla. Mm-hmm. And to kind of tie on to that, one of the things as young youth, we wanted to provide a platform to empower youth and help them understand that despite us maybe doing small actions towards um, trying to fight and alleviate poverty and homelessness, these small actions collectively can make a big change. And Ignite the Warmth, we believe that the small little actions do make a big difference. And we hope to empower other youth to feel that whatever passion projects or whatever other um, issues that they're really passionate about or want to make change and enact change towards that you can do it. And it just takes small steps. And to be completely honest, it just takes that first step to move forward towards it. Mm -hmm. I I love it. I think, Priscilla, you use the word empathy, and that's such an important word. And, you know, to me, volunteerism and advocacy is is all about, um, you know, what you who you are internally, you know, obviously it's an external thing. You're participating in activities, you're, you're connecting with people. But for me, it's mostly internally because, you know, we're so busy with our lives, you know, whether we're in school or at work, there's a lot of people in our society that gets left behind in the system, you know, in the world today. So I feel like volunteering in its own, it's, 
it's just internally where you're inspired and you're motivated to reach out and connect with people and give back to the society around you without expecting anything back. And I think that's the most important point of it. We might have a job where we're working and, you know, we, we get money and we get paid, but volunteerism and advocating for what you believe in is, is a really sacred thing where uh, it's who you are personally. And it's such a unique way to, um, you know, show the world who you really are, I think. Uh, so I'm really happy that both of you found that inspiration and started Ignite the Warmth. Um, mm. I wanted to go back to Joanne's question. Uh, you talked about how you connected with Priscilla. Uh, I wanted to ask, you know, how did you find synergy in this idea? Um, did you meet in class or um, obviously <laughs> you were good buddies? Um, what, what was the conversation back then where it's like, hey, you know, I have this idea. Uh, let's let's get started on it wow yeah i know <laughs> this is gonna be a um a, yeah, a real lockdown memory lane and i think a lot of it's gonna be quite hazy given it's been quite a number of years but yeah we've been friends since high school and really met uh, at a basketball tryout is that right probably i think in grady <laughs> must have been early on in our high school days yeah, uh, yeah, definitely on a basketball court, and yeah, and it just started from there. And I guess that conversation—I don't know why it's still so vivid. I remember being in my room and like looking at the mirror because when I'm on the phone, I look at the mirror, so it looks so I'm, it feels like I'm still talking to someone. So I have a very vivid image of me talking to you, but looking at myself in the mirror and getting so like hyped up and so like almost riled up about this idea of like, hey, we're we're two people, and like. Hey, let's let's do something. I, I think I distinctly remember it's like, hey, let's let's do something. Don't know what's gonna look like. I don't know what it's gonna <laughs> like how it's gonna entail or what resources we're gonna have. But I think we just felt really empowered in that moment as two people with like enough passion and enough of that vigor to to like see something through. Um, and I, I guess the rest is just history. Right, and and in everything we do, I guess there's obviously ups and downs. So you were really excited when you started, but inevitably there there has been you know challenges in running and leading a nonprofit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how have you grown from overcoming those challenges? And in moments of I guess self doubt and obviously fear, how did you stay motivated, motivated and focused on your mission and what you want to do? Yeah. Um... I think this is stuff that people don't often don't see, you know, like on the, on the huge, you know, mission statements are the about us is um, some of that, that turbulence and some of the adversity. Right. But if, if anything, I, I hope we can really highlight those challenges as those points of learning and those points of reflection. And I think a lot of the challenges around, you know, how um, we're doing what we're doing or, you know, a lot of our, ideas of why we're doing it is all very well, you know, meaning and very well intentioned, but we've had a lot of conversations about, is this the right way to give back? Is this the right way of engaging with youth? And we've always come to quite some uh, crossroads and some um, barriers to really getting an answer, right? Because one, we are not experts. Uh, We are not (laughs) like, uh, experts in the field of advocacy work or in the field of, you know, being able to support actual residents or to support um, re- like community members. 
And so how do we, you know, give back to a community that we don't belong to? And I think that's been a question that I've grappled a lot with. And I think Priscilla and I have had a lot of questions about the way we work and the ethics mm-hmm. behind what we're doing. And is this volunteerism? Is this... Um, is our approach, you know, very extractive? Is our approach, um, you know, could include some more lived voices? Um, and that's always been kind of the gut check or a way for us to take a step back from our work and to be more intentional with how we go about engaging youth. Um, so, yeah, I think that has definitely been amongst, I guess, the, the umbrella challenge of a lot of um, our work on top of, you know, you know, um, some more of the more discrete things and more logistical pieces. But I don't know if Pri wants to echo some of that. Yeah, no, I just wanted to provide like a very, I think, very vivid memory for both Joanne and I um, that I think really was a turning point for Ignite the Warmth. Um, as, As we've talked about over the past couple of minutes, we've talked about how Ignite the Warmth, we've started off as a blanket drive. Um, a lot of it was us providing this tangible good to individuals in the resident to assist with um, the issues of not having a home um, or even fighting the cold during the winter months. However, I remember very vividly how one day when we were providing the blankets, we were dropping it off at UGM. And there was a resident who was um, in the office where when we were dropping it off. I'm not sure if, Joanne, you remember this story as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when we dropped it off, um, this individual was asking us what we were doing. And we told him that uh, we were dropping off some blankets that we were raising from a blanket drive. Um, and he sat us down and he's like, this is an amazing thing that you two are doing. However, have you thought that our blankets what people truly need? And I think that was the first time anyone told me something that was like, wow, maybe what we're doing is not actually what individuals in the resident or who are residents in the downtown east side actually need. So I was presuming that they were requiring blankets and that was the solution for their issue. And I think at that point, I was just grappling with so many different emotions. And I remember him talking about how if you're passing or if you're like providing um, the tangible goods, like blankets to individuals. Some people may take it the wrong way. They may be thinking that you're pitying them and different emotions can come out. And that was never our intention with Ignite the Warmth was to provide this, um, to provide or to demean other individuals as well. We never wanted to to do that with Ignite the Warmth. So for me, I remember just sitting there and crying and tearing up a bit because I didn't really know how to move forward with this. I didn't know how to reevaluate our our mission and our goal. And I think for us, it just was, especially moving forward from there, we learned for sure how to reevaluate what our goal and missions are and to really understand our positionalities as outsiders and really do the consultative and do our homework and work alongside organizations and build relationships with organizations who have these lived experiences or who work with people with lived experiences. Um, And to me, I think that was the most valuable thing I've learned throughout Ignite the Warmth was really understanding how volunteerism can be portrayed as 
oftentimes individuals coming in with their privilege and taking advantage of the situation in a way to make themselves feel better. But at the same time, we have to consider that volunteerism in its core is to understand the needs of the individuals and the needs of the communities and to work alongside these communities and to do something along the sides of building capacity so that they can get out of the situation situation that they're in. Um, and yeah, that was a very vivid memory that kind of pushed us in a, mm-hmm. I think in a, a better trajectory moving forward in a more consultatory trajectory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, really special dynamic that I really like about the organization and you and your team is that um, you you are all learning as well. No one, no one is trying to, you know, be an expert or saying that they're qualified enough to help a particular group of people. We're all learning. We're all, uh, you, like you said, a, you're in a consulting position where um, you're trying to see how you can immerse yourself in the community and, um, you know, reach out through that. And I, I feel like with you having that turning point moment and channel, channeling that. Um, Obviously, it was a raw, it was a sad emotion to um, pushing your nonprofit charity ahead. Um, that was a really good uh, moment for you, I think. And now that now Ignite the Warmth is not only doing a blanket drive or trying to alleviate poverty, um, but you're also trying to involve the youth and you're trying to focus more on education. And I feel like you've you've you'll you'll have a greater outreach that way. Is this true? Where you're more people are learning about your issue, uh, the issues in your cause and uh, you're breaking down the stigma and breaking down the barriers to the dialogue and um, really understanding what the true issues are underneath. Uh, is this um, accurate? Um, has it, has it really helped you with in terms of outreach and getting, you know, people in the community to understand what you're truly doing? Um, I think when you mentioned about learning, I think that's kind of the focus that we wanted to move forward. And Joanne, please jump in moving forward as well. But one of the things we wanted to emphasize was a learning exchange and the value of learning exchange. So a lot of the events and programs that we have been trying to build over the past couple of years has been trying to highlight the um, reciprocal experiences and learning experiences that individuals bring to the table. So when we um, we were collaborating with an organization called The Dugout a couple of years ago, um, they are a, a local organization in the downtown east side that provides a living room setup for residents of the downtown east side to go in. It's kind of like a soup kitchen where they can meet other individuals, sit down, have a cup of coffee, um, and build relationships. So we collaborated with The Dugout and we developed an event where uh, we would have individuals who are interested in volunteering and helping out to make sandwiches. Um, and they would alongside be working with residents of the downtown east side or within the residents with lived experiences to b- make the uh, to make the sandwiches with each other. And in, in process, they'd be talking and uh, building the relationships and getting to know one another. And for us, this was a really important event because it really highlighted this reciprocal learning experience and how both individuals have different things that they can bring to the table, different experiences that they can talk about. But at the end of the day, we're still all human. And that's what we hope to keep on emphasizing in our events is that individuals that we're hoping to serve through the various events that we 
have created and the programming that we've created, we really want our volunteers to feel comfortable and to to build relationships and to to learn also from individuals with lived experiences and vice versa, of course, too. Yeah, I think a lot of where our, I guess, direction and where a lot of our you know, principles have pivoted to is that emphasis in sustainable work. And a lot of that sustainability comes from relationships, right? And um, it's maybe it's even reframing volunteerism as relating. You know, we're not um, necessarily doing something and feeling like we're, we're giving to, but rather sharing. Um, I wonder if that helps with a lot of the the stigma of us and them, right? And the stigma of barriers and a lot of the social gaps or a lot of the, the language and sentiments around um, what we're doing or, or what engagement, what volunteering looks like. Um, and so having a principle or a pillar thought around um, acid-based community development is something that we really want to embed in all of our events and our programming and how we even conduct ourselves is how do we look towards the community as having assets and using those strengths to empower from within rather than, you know, have a group of high schoolers come into a community and hand mm-hmm. our blankets for a day and leave because that's mm-hmm. extractive and that is temporary. Mm-hmm. And so instead of having that be our, our hallmark and having that exist in isolation is a lot of the relationship building with key partners is uh, involving community members and involving residents and paying residents uh, and paying folks who, who help us so that that uh, work exists um, in a cycle um, within the downtown east side rather than, you know, because that then creates a dependence, right? Or it, it is also, it, it impacts the ecosystem that already exists within that community. And instead of perpetuating a lot of the you know, structural gaps or the structural inequ- inequities that happen um, within, that, within that system, we wanna be able to take a step back and look at where, our, where we are situated and so that we don't exacerbate them or we don't continue to reflect some of those um, barriers or biases or or stereotypes in our work right yeah. yeah and I think with the you know the word learning exchange that's so important because um, I guess you know in a general sense when people volunteer or when they donate money it's just you know them giving time or money away to an organization and most of them don't understand you know the true purpose of um, what they're contributing to um, they're just doing it to say, you know, I'm helping this organization. And I feel like if you provide a platform where um, there is an exchange of information and you're, it's actually an immersive learning experience, um, people can really find their purpose in, in, you know, in the social issues that they're volunteering with and, um, you know, the organization that they're um, a part of. So um, I personally really, really like that um, learning experience. Um, obviously with COVID this year, um, it's it's difficult to run your uh, workshop in Blanket Drive as usual. So could you tell us a bit more about the upcoming event that's next week and um, how our listeners can be involved? Yeah, no, uh, thank you, Calvin. So um, given the shift online due to COVID-19, a lot of the restrictions in relation to ensuring the safety of individuals, um, and some restrictions in relation to 
um, large group gatherings, we've made the hard decision not to run an annual blanket drive this year. However, rather we're doing a virtual online event, which will be uh, happening this Sunday, November 8th from 4 to 6 p.m. Um, it's called COVID-19 Beyond Our Homes. And we hope to highlight and spotlight some organizations and nonprofit organizations in the Vancouver Lower Mainland who have shifted and adapted their programming as a result for COVID-19 and are continuing to provide resources and ways for students and youth also to get involved with the community. And where can our listeners learn more about Ignite the Warmth online or on social media? Yeah, so um, Ignite the Warmth, we have a website. You, all of the most up-to-date information you can find on ignitethewarmth.com. We also have a Facebook uh, page, which will have more information about our event. So uh, your listeners or any listeners can um, RSVP. go on to Facebook. Yeah, RSVP on it, and uh, they'll receive a link to the Zoom call for a Sunday um, and be able to join and ask their questions and learn a little bit more about how they can get involved. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can find us on, um, yeah, Facebook page, social media platforms at Ignite the Warmth. Um, but really, we want to hear from you too. You know, we value again emphasizing a lot of that relationship building piece and ensuring a lot of what we do is a dialogue and not just you know talking to people. Uh, we want to hear um, some of your experiences and what you're keen about uh, in terms of how you want to be engaged or how yeah these kind of questions around how do we combat stigma how do we combat um a lot of a lot of the issues and crises of housing and poverty that are often very visible in in vancouver and the lower mainland um, and especially so during this pandemic era um yeah we'd love to hear from you awesome mm-hmm. Calvin, uh, can i jump in for a yeah. quick second to emphasize yeah. something one of, the cool, one of the cool things about this event is actually Uh, We have a team of seven UBC students who are spearheading and who've planned the whole COVID-19 Beyond Your Homes panelist event. Um, We hope to get more individuals involved with Ignite the Warmth and youth involved with our organization. So if anyone is interested in participating and learning more about nonprofit sector and organizations, um, we'd also love to hear from them too. That's awesome. I I was going to say it's really cool to see how this all started with just an idea and, you know, a strong passion to, to help others. And um, you really, you know, put it into action and persevered through the years. Obviously there's been a lot of challenges, but, uh, and learning opportunities, but um, you've persevered through all of them and now actually making an impact. So I think um, for, you know, for those who um, are still in school, but, you know, you have a strong desire to um, volunteer and, um, connect with those in your community please do reach out to ignite the warmth to joanne and priscilla and um, you know learn about how they did it and and um, get some advice on how uh, you can you know advocate for issues that matter to you uh, joanne and priscilla thank you so much for taking the time to share your experiences uh, i really appreciated your insight you know, your honesty and your path to what uh, ignite the warmth is today thank you so much calvin yeah, thank you. All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Novice Experience, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Novice Experience. Our theme song is Concrete Jungle by Audio Binger. You can find us or reach out on social media at The Novice Exp. That's The Novice EXP. 
don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on all your podcast listening platforms. Talk to you next time.